The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. It's time for the last word on the environment. John Gibbons is, of course, with us here in studio. John, good afternoon to you. Hope you're keeping well. But we do have another guest with us as well. Christopher O'Sullivan is a Fianna Fáil TD and Vice Chair of the Oireachtas Joint Committee on Climate Action. And he also takes a personal interest in biodiversity as well, because today that Oireachtas Committee has launched its report on biodiversity with 75 recommendations. Christopher O'Sullivan, TD, I'm looking through your 75 recommendations recommendations here and they're all very laudable but is it not a bit too late because as you note in your own report here and just looking at how climate action is impacting on birds in this this country and we are at a loss we are potentially facing the loss of a major amount of species because 63 percent of irish bird species are on a list of concern and 26 percent are on a red list so is it not too late to come up with 75 reforms you know, absolutely. Like, if you're asking me, I would love if all of these reforms and all these measures were put in place decades ago so we wouldn't be at this position. But we are where we are. And there's an old saying that the best time to plant a tree was 100 years ago, but the next best time to plant a tree is now. So absolutely. And, and I'm glad you referenced those um, percentages in terms of bird species and the 26% of birds that are on the red list, because these are birds that we're all familiar with, that, that we all know. Birds like the kestrel, kestrel, kestrel are endangered with extinction in Ireland being on that red list. And these are birds that we see hovering over the side of a road. We're very familiar with birds like the puffin. The puffin is an iconic bird species in Ireland. It's a, it's a bird, that, a seabird that we use to, to market Ireland abroad. It's on our postcard. It's on our marketing materials. This is a bird now that is, is, is on that red list, which means um, of serious conservation concern. Uh, and of course, then we have the curlew, which is often talked about, which is almost extinct uh, as a breeding species here in Ireland. So um, these, these, these are species that um, we, we all know, we all love, but these are species that are threatened with extinction in our lifetime. So, you know, absolutely, these measures and, and the recommendations that we have set out here, the 75 recommendations, we would love to be a long way down the road of implementation of these recommendations, but we need to start now. And I think one of the key recommendations, coming to your point about urgency, is that the next uh, National Biodiversity Action Plan, which has just finished with public consultation, that that becomes an emergency biodiversity action plan, that it's it's uh, implemented straight away, that the measures and the um, actions within that biodiversity action plan are far-reaching, and that they actually begin to have an effect and they reverse the trend that we're seeing worldwide, but specifically here in Ireland as well, of um, uh, damage and of loss of biodiversity, because it's something that uh, we, we can't be proud of as a country. Um, and that's just we, birds. We, we could get on to sea life. And I know you take a particular interest in this because you are a volunteer whale watcher for in Court McSharry. And you look at marine life, and that's also under threat. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, Ireland, um, 90% of our uh, sovereign area is is ocean. Uh, so, And within that ocean, we have some of the most incredible diversity of species coming, going from, uh, you know, things as small as, as jellyfish and sprat and sand eel to harbour porpoise to um, bottlenose dolphin, right up to the, the big ocean giant, like the, the iconic humpback whale. Uh, and the second biggest whale on the planet, the second biggest animal that has ever lived, fin whale, which we get quite regularly here on the Irish coast. But unless we protect um, those uh, marine areas, and uh, unless we protect our oceans, um, they're not going to be there for people to uh, to enjoy for for years to come. And so, a key again, a key recommendation that we have set out in our set of rec- recommendations is to designate these marine protected areas uh, straight away. I mean, we've been talking about designating marine protected areas for quite a while. 
the legislation has been um, talked about for quite a while, but we need to see that legislation brought to Cabinet as soon as possible. And my understanding is that that is the case, that there's a, essentially a rocket being put under this NPA legislation so that we can see areas of our ocean designated as marine protected areas. Therefore, they're protected into the future from any further disturbance by, by human activity. And, and added to that, and I think a really interesting recommendation within um, this report is the idea of a specific Department of Marine. Funnily enough, it's something that the fishing sector have been calling for for years because of the importance of the fishing sector to Ireland. But because of the size of our ocean and because of the vast range of wildlife that we have within the seas and off our coast, I think it is an absolute um, imperative that we do set up a specific Department of Marine so that they can focus on uh, you know, what we can uh, reap from the, the, the sea in terms of ocean energy, in terms of, of food, but also to protect incredible wildlife that live within our oceans. If we were to go down the route of saying we are taking the challenge very seriously and we are going to take some of the recommendations in this report or perhaps take even more widespread recommendations from people out there, people like John Gibbons who's with us here now and will have his view on this, is there a will within your party and within government to implement these things? Because they impact on land, they impact on people's use of land and there's a constituency or a lobby out there who doesn't like these type of changes. Uh, first of all, yes, of course, there's definitely an appetite, uh, certainly within my party and, and that's been led by, by the leader of the country at the moment, the Taoiseach, who consistently in, in any interview he's done in, in the last few years where he's asked about the the critical issues that are impacting um, our country and, and the world, you know, climate action and the biodiversity challenge, always always uh, comes to the fore. So, and, and that's why uh, we have seen, um, you know, in 2019, and it was quite a few years ago, we saw a biodiversity crisis uh, being uh, declared by Ireland. But only in the past 12 months, within the last year, this year, we have finally seen the setting up of a uh, citizens' assembly uh, on biodiversity, uh, and that's something that has been called from by activists like John Gibbons, like. Uh, the other NGOs out there for years. But now it's important that we, um, this isn't just a, an exercise in, in doing the right thing and box sticking, but that, that actually whatever recommendations are found within uh, that citizens' assembly, and I really hope that this report will form part of their work. You name-checked John. Act on, yeah, sorry, I, I name-checked John without even checking that. He, you he name-checked him, he, he is may, there, so let he him, he let's may, bring him in. You mentioned his name, so we may as well bring him in. John Gibbons. Christopher, you've had a good run there now. Let John come in on the, on this report. Well, I certainly couldn't disagree with anything that Christopher said, and I, I'd like to congratulate himself and the committee for their work and, and their recommendations. But of course, as ever, with, with these things, it's where the rubber hits the road that the problems start, and, and you teed it up yourself there, Ian. Uh, the problem here is you're going to be heading into to, to, to headwinds of lobbyists, the sectoral interest groups who basically will resist and fight even the most modest reforms. And we know, for example, there are some really easy gains we can make in biodiversity. For example, we know that our our protected bogs are not being protected. Uh, There's very little commercial value there in reality. Uh, It tends to be a a very small group of of, uh, holdouts that are basically doing absolutely massively disproportionate damage and really flying in the face of it. And the problem here is it's been extremely difficult, uh, first of all, for government to face these people down, but also we've seen this on the wider issue. Our, we have defunded, say from 2011 to really very recently, our National Parks and Wildlife Service had its funding absolutely slashed at the same time that we were, for example, increasing funding on uh, the promotion of uh, Irish food abroad. Right, So you had two messages going in precisely the opposite direction. 
direction. But Christopher said there that the Taoiseach has referenced this, that they get it, Christopher gets it, the committee get it, and that they have a plan in place now. Well, I, as I say, I, I commend all of, of the committee and the work that they've done. The, the issue really here is so many of these committees' reports, they go to die in the long grass, right? When we get behind closed doors, when the lobbies get the knives out and they start saying, well, we can't do this, we can't do that, and we can't do the other. Because, for example, we have, we have expansion plans in the dairy sector is a very obvious point. Uh, Chagas says we're going to continue uh, intensive dairy expansion all the way to 20. 27. Now, we've talked in this programme before about the climate impacts of that, but the biodiversity impacts are every bit as intense. We're seeing declines in water quality right across the watercourses of Ireland. And these, of course, are concentrated in the areas which, where we're seeing this industrial dairy expansion. And we cannot improve our, our biodiversity signals while we're dumping more nitrogen into our waterways. I just want to go back to Christopher, Christopher O'Sullivan on this for his last word in this report before we move on with John. Christopher... Can you give commitments to people out there that this report won't just be left rotting on a shelf and that you will stand up to the lobby groups? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, as I said at the outset, it's really important that this report forms part of the work of the Citizens' Assembly on Biodiversity and their recommendations. It forms part of the National Biodiversity Action Plan, which is, as I said, just finished public consultation and should be published soon. That's really important. And in terms of the, the lobbyists, I think there's always this um, tendency and this uh, kind of um, we always tend to piss um, the NGOs uh, against the farmers. And I think that conversation needs to change. For the first time in a long time, we have a proper, robust, not perfect by any means, agri-environment scheme. And this is this is the first step, I suppose, in changing this policy that we've had for decades in um, punishing farmers and docking farmers' payments for having bits of biodiversity and have it on the land and flipping that on its head and instead incentivising measures like tree planting, measures like uh, planting hedgerows, measures like wetland, etc. We need to flip that policy on its head and we can bring everybody with us and it can be a win-win for all. I'm going to have to let you go there because I do want to go back to John on just another issue. John, we should spend more time talking about this because it is very important. A milestone this week reached in world population. That's right, Ian. Uh, this week, it was reckoned uh, Tuesday, the United Nations announced uh, what they call the World 8 Billion Day. Uh, and basically, that is the eighth billionth human being to draw breath alive at the same time. So obviously, this represents the highest population level in human history. In fact, I remember not so long ago uh, reporting on this uh, in 2011 for a newspaper when we hit World 7 Billion Day. So in the intervening 11 years, we've added... Uh, a thousand million humans. These are additional humans. And break that down. That's basically like adding the population of Germany every year for the last uh, 11 years. So um, we know, for example, that that the birth rates undoubtedly have declined quite dramatically. It's called a demographic, demographic transition. And of course, we've seen it here in Ireland in, in our own lifetimes from the, the number of uh, children our parents' generation had versus today. So there has been a dramatic transition, but not nearly dramatic enough. And we also know that people that where, where populations are continuing to expand are unfortunately in the very areas in the world, for example, sub-Saharan Africa and Southeast Asia, where populations are most vulnerable to climate change, to drought, to desertification. So what we're seeing really is here a, a perfect storm, if I can put it this way, Ian, where we're, we're seeing rising population with declining the ability to f- produce food. Now, earlier this week in the, at the COP27 process, uh, one of the senior UN officials pointed out that on current 
projections were looking at a minimum of a 30% reduction in global food output by 2050. Now, you say on, on our current projections population-wise, we could be looking at 9 billion, maybe 9.5 billion. Uh, and this is, we're heading into loaves and fishes country here. John Gibbons, we could spend much more time on this, but John Gibbons, we'll have you back next week. And also thanks to Christopher O'Sullivan, Sullivan, Fianna Fáil TD and Vice Chair of that Joint Oireachtas Committee. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.